0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host, and I'm joined by my co-host as usual from Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. Pretty ugly week for both of us. We went 0-3-1. Both lost our best bets. We're pretty much wrong about everything. I actually got a second uh, NFFC playoff league and I took Trubisky not because you said so but I right after I set my lineup and I was like wait didn't Dalton say Trubisky was gonna go a long way and then I knew I was doomed so that that's on uh, life support that entry what about you you have any other bad news besides uh, oh I also lost my Ravens bet that 18 to 1 ticket that you got me so it was kind of a crap weekend what about you
1: yeah, no, you covered it. Uh, they were both of our Super Bowl predictions on this podcast last week as well. You had Ravens and I had Bears. So great. Uh, I was loaded up in, in every uh, playoff league I was in. I went heavy on the Bears. Um, same record as you against the spread. Not only that, I actually um, was doing okay in parlays. I by the time Sunday morning ran uh, came along, I was, I was actually at a, uh, I was in on the Chargers, but that all fell with the Bears money line. I just needed them to win. And my wife is in one of the playoff leagues, and she was rooting against him and trolling me. And I had – anyway, it was just very, very frustrating that – the whole ruling – do you have a thought on what they what they should have done on that Anthony Miller fumble?
0: The Anthony Miller fumble. What happened again with the Anthony Miller fumble?
1: Well, you know, the, the, they didn't know if it was a catch or not, and then the ref oh, right. covered the fumble. So then they said it just didn't happen or it was really – Oh, because, no, because, I mean, they blew,
0: so... because they blew it dead and called it an incomplete pass, and everybody just kind of let the ball roll, and then the ref picked up the ball – There's really if they ruled it a fumble, it really wouldn't It would actually have helped the Bears. Right. Because they would have got the completion.
1: Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. They couldn't call a change of possession
0: on the fumble because there was no basis for that. So they would. have. So they just had to call it incomplete. I mean, just why are they so whistle happy? Just let it play, man. Just let it play out. Don't touch the ball. I know. Let it play.
1: I was wrong though. I mean, the Bears. I mean, I thought that they didn't need. To, they were life and death there. I mean, they just were not. I mean, the Eagles and Nick Foles. They just. I mean, they, they played. They played well. Big Dick so, um, Nick. Yeah. Not. Yeah, I know. There's no. I know there big was Dick Big Nick and Nick Wendell energy.
0: Smallwood. They got the whole gamut covered.
1: I know there was Big Nick energy throughout the stadium, and uh, yeah, I, I whatever. Another bad weekend. Uh, frustrating DFS weekend too. I, I was debating cootie. And Inman and and you know, Cootie was the guy that went off and just uh just just uh, whatever. Let's let's move on. I'm sure I'm sure we'll go zero and four again this well, week. Are you feeling are you feeling better or what do you a think of
0: A little better, not like strongly about it. I mean, look, I lost three games. You know, one of them was a push, and they wouldn't have pushed unless Sebastian Janikowski. Well, I mean, he missed a field goal, so who knows? But. It was kind of a crazy push.
1: That was wild. I mean, the, the kicking and then the going for two. And, and my uh, direct TV went out, so I missed the, the onside attempt, which apparently was one of the worst of all time. Yeah, it was but like that, a little pop-up. That, yeah, but yeah, that, that was a crazy cover. I guess luckily in stat picks we got two, but I mean, many places that was two and a half.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know. It, it, it was one of those games. Definitely the Eagles were the right side the whole game. I mean, falls through that pick in the end zone. Eagles moved the ball, you know. They they were not outmatched at all. They had no problem in Chicago. It wasn't like, oh, look at this intense defense. The team that got crushed by the defense was the Chargers actually. Just unfortunately the Ravens kept turning it over. And the Chargers, you know, Rivers had 5.0 YPA and Melvin Gordon had 2.4 yards per carry. Like they didn't move the ball at all. It's just that the Chargers turned it over twice and then also lost 15 yards on a fumble that they didn't turn it over, but that got them to their goal line before they fumbled. And then uh, the kicker for the Chargers was crushing it. And then the, uh, they allowed a couple of big kick returns to Desmond King, who's in the Pro Bowl. And all that just kind of added up to this 12 nothing lead. And then it became 19-3. to And then, you know, it was just insurmountable. I mean, they made it a comeback, but it was too little too late. But I kind of felt like the, the Ravens' defense held up way better than the Bears' defense did. It's just that the, they did. the offense for three-and-a-half quarters did so, you know, negative, less than nothing, negative, I don't know. Well, I bet you were going
1: crazy. I mean, was that not frustrating watching the? I mean, they even said the Chargers said they didn't change much since they just played each other. You know, whatever a month ago or less, and it just was a kind of predictable. I mean, I guess they did turn it on at the end, and they didn't switch to Flacco, thankfully. But um, was that just it had to be crazy for someone with an eighteen to one ticket watching that first three, those first three quarters?
0: It was pretty bad. I mean, again, it was frustrating because if the Chargers just blew them away, like Rivers had carved up their defense, or if Rivers was even as effective as Foles was. You know, I would have been like, okay, that charges are just better. But it was just so frustrating. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, Lamar Jackson fumbles twice. He got them both back, but one of them cost him 15 yards. Then Kenneth Dixon fumbles on, like, the five-yard line. They hold him to a field goal. Then they throw a pick. Then they give a huge punt return. It was just so frustrating. You know, I was like, come on, man, just fucking play. And it just seemed, I don't know, who, whatever, who cares, it's over. You know, it's like you make all these predictions, you analyze all the numbers, but... <laughs> In the end, the actual outcome is the outcome, and shoulda, woulda, coulda doesn't really—it doesn't matter, you know. People like, well, they had better YPA. I mean, the Ravens did have better YPA thanks to the last garbage time, but it's like, yeah, but YPA is an indicator for next week. It's not an indicator for last week. Last week is over. You already lost. So all that sort of YPA talk doesn't really matter. But I was glad he stuck with Lamar Jackson. He almost made a comeback. It's amazing they got the ball back down six with like fifty seconds left. Yeah, it's just that, that in itself was a miracle. And oh, I told, my wife, so, I
1: told my wife it might as well be like eight. They might as well be down eighty points
0: when it was whatever twenty to three.
1: Based oh, on thought, you know, it was twenty
0: three to three. Get... It was twenty three to three with nine minutes left, and it was twenty three to seventeen with the Ravens with the ball with fifty seconds left. I mean that's crazy. Yeah, but yeah. even though he did fumble it away to end the end the game, he he took a sack and it was pretty much over at that point anyway. Yeah, but. It was just a crazy, a crazy game. There's really nothing and else. Then,
1: yeah. And then we were both kind of donkeys just being on the, the Texans after all year kind of fading them and saying there's, you know, not legit. And they, they just really missed Will Fuller. And sometimes it's just obvious. And that this really was the team that was 9-1 and one rolling into the playoffs. And I'm just... We'll talk more about the Colts, obviously, here soon. I was just frustrated I didn't get them at 100 to one when we talked about this in the pod.
0: What a nut, uh, monkey! A month ago, I don't know.
1: no, you talked me out of it. It's 100. percent Well, I no, this I didn't myself. talk you out of it.
0: I said, I said it's hard to hedge an underdog. Is all I said, and it is hard to hedge an underdog. I was like even if you got to here at 100 to one, you know, you'd be an underdog every game. Now these they're not as big underdogs as you would think, so it wouldn't be that hard to hedge. But it sucks to like be putting, say, you had 100 to one, and say you put 200 bucks on it or whatever, right? So you're looking at 20 grand. Yeah. How much money are you, you know, last week you would have had to hedge. So how much would you have put on the Texans?
1: Yeah, I know. let's think about it. What would, yeah, what, what so would you have say done like, realistic? Right,
0: if the I'm going to put, you know, a piece of the 20 grand. So I'm going to put like five grand on the Texans, say. So it'd be five grand to win like three grand or something like that, right? So you'd be right. out five grand right now. You'd be literally have be down $5,000 of your own money with this ticket that hasn't paid yet. Now, you're, now you now you've got to hedge again, obviously, because you can't lose that five grand and then, you know, and just simply yeah. lose that money. So now you've got to bet the chiefs for like eight grand or something like that to win your, you know, five grand back, you know, or right. 10 grand to win your five, about 10 grand to win your five grand back. And if you lose that, now you're down That's 15, right. Right, and yeah. I'm going, I'm actually starting too big, obviously, with the five on yeah, the Texas. Yeah, obviously started too big. But you probably five, want right. to do like three grand. But then you're only going to win like two grand if you you know. So if the Colts lose, well, I guess two grand is two grand. You know, you you put in two hundred, you won two grand, so you won eighteen hundred bucks. So I guess. Yeah. You know, you, you would have had to start going like that, you know, three grand on the Texans. But you, you almost want the Colts to lose right away and just collect. Because if you start, the, the problem with this is like if you, if the Colts win like they did, now you're out three grand. And now you got to bet, you know, six grand on the Chiefs. And right. then if the Colts oh, win I'm again, mo- you got to, you know, you see what I'm saying? You, you get in the hole pretty fast and you've got, I mean, you do the math in advance to make it like you know exactly what to bet each round. But you don't know exactly because you don't know what the odds are each round in advance necessarily
1: right and as you said hedging on the favorite you know that obviously makes it tougher i'm emotionally Wait. hedging is what i'm doing now by just betting on the colts now moving forward including right. this week against you so that, that's what i'm going so. that, so
0: that, to do that's what i decided that that's a better way i like the chiefs this week but we can get into that in a bit but yeah
1: before yeah before we get to the games the only thing i had thought of was uh the, the college title game was the next day monday and i already already blown enough money over the weekend decided i it was in Levi's Stadium, and I considered it. A couple friends, like last minute, we decided maybe to go, but it was all haphazard, and it was maybe going to be raining. But really, it was a decision I regret. I mean, probably a life experience just seeing college like that. I don't think they'll be back on the West Coast again. I mean, it was tough. The, the tickets ended up being cheap, and obviously thousands of miles away from the teams. But Alabama lost, and uh, the main thing I wanted to bring up, you know that Trevor Lawrence, you know, the you know first true freshman to win in forever. Chas yeah, so right. So exactly. Yes. Yeah, so 2021 There until that draft. I mean, how, how interesting is this going to be with teams just going nuts trying to get the first pick in that draft? I mean, this is really uncharted territory. It should, should be fun to watch.
0: Uh, maybe. But I remember Matt Barkley was probably like the number one pick and then he stayed. True. Another year, yeah, then,
1: that's I true. Mean, that's true. Yeah. He was a freshman at moder- or modern day or modern day whenever whatever high school. And then at USC, like two the two very very extreme rarities. And yeah, exactly. Can barely a backup in the in the pros. So that's right. That's true. That's a fair point. But man, it'd be cool if there is some like superstar already at this age.
0: Especially if he smokes as much weed as he looks like he smokes.
1: As he looks, yeah, yeah. Like you said, Spicoli. Yeah, I say he looks like Jeff Samarja, too a little bit. But yeah, it looks, that, looks that, a
0: little that, like I saw a picture of Roger Waters. They showed him side by side when Roger Waters was like, in his you know when he's like twenty. And they look pretty much alike, also,
1: okay, um Roger waters, do you yeah, know who Roger actually, Waters
0: to... is, do you not know who Roger waters is?
1: yeah, yeah, it's okay, yeah pink, pink Floyd, of course, yeah. okay. I, I, okay. I
0: don't know stuff. you're you're a child, you're a fucking child, so no one knows yeah okay,
1: anyway, anyway, um so Do you have anything before we get to uh, this weekend's game that's that's uh that's all, all I had this this week for you. nothing well nothing I'll tell you a story. I told this on the
0: x m show this is actually pretty funny, so I'm actually taking Portuguese lessons now because. What happened was, after two years, it didn't just seep in the way I thought it was. Like, I was like, oh, it's just, I'll just pick it up. I picked up restaurant Portuguese. I'm pretty good at the farmer's market, but that's like the only two situations where I really deal with Portuguese people who don't speak English sometimes. So I just never learned to converse. It's like, I just didn't. And it wasn't just going to happen. After two years, if it hasn't happened, it's not just going to happen. So I'm taking classes now, like an hour a day and uh, like three days a week. And yesterday was my first class. And this woman, she's very nice. She's a good teacher, young woman. And we're sitting there during the class. And she's online checking some stuff. And I I couldn't tell whether she pulled up the wrong window or she just tried to type in analysis. But, you know, hit return a little too early because I think the word is the same in Portuguese or related. And all of a sudden this screen comes up with this bearded dude and it says anal and it's it's not a clip it's just a photo and i'm like oh shit this is this this is some filthy stuff and she clicks it off really quick and switches back to like whatever it is she was trying to get come on and i was like i honestly like i was trying to say something in portuguese and obviously my brain kind of like froze up for a second and i bear i just met her it was like 20 minutes into the first lesson so if i knew her well like i probably would have been like oh i see uh the real portuguese or whatever you know who knows but I, I just couldn't even make a joke. It was so uncomfortable for her. So I just pretended like I didn't notice. But it was obvious that I noticed because my train of thought got broken up, you know, and I kinda, it kind of took me a minute to, like, get back on the sentence I was trying to say. So it was uh, one of those awkward moments that really happened. That really happened yesterday.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds too crazy to, to, to actually really have happened. That's a, that's,
0: that that's really happened. Crazy. Really happened. That's pretty good. That is good.
1: Um, Yeah, speaking of classes, yeah, uh, Chloe's back to school after a two-week break for uh, Christmas. Uh, I don't think she had anything quite that extreme, but it's funny as parents, it's like uh, the vacation is now, you know, you know, over. Seemingly, it's back on now. Kids uh, having to entertain her for two weeks, so it's nice to be back. So, although already a half day today and a half day Friday, so it continues. But I don't think she had anything quite as entertaining as you did. That's pretty good. Uh, Please keep us uh, informed. Uh, how that what goes what the next both, step
0: is what my next move both, is on both, that both you know what right? yeah, it's obvious I mean, what a
1: re- I'm curious how, I'm curious how quickly you pick up the language too I'd imagine it's quick you know you're, you're a smart oh.
0: dude I thought you were saying uh, keep us informed about what happens that in that too. situation
1: that too you, it's yeah.
0: obvious what a real man would do married committed or not how a real man would handle that situation
1: yeah well are you <laughs> are you a real man we, there, we, that was
0: <laughs> no I was not a real quick. man I pretended like it didn't happen
1: right yeah okay all right, man. You want to get into these games?
0: Uh, yeah, let's get to the games. Fine.
1: All right. First one, we bet we already made a, a wager $50. Uh, Colts, uh, five and a half point dogs in Kansas City. Um, I brought up the DVOA thing just to trigger people. Um, I know you, you love the stat, but it's their, their lowest ranked rush defense in the last five years. Kansas City, obviously, the Colts' offensive line, playing terrific. Marlon Mack ran all over the number one ranked. Run defense, DVOA, Houston last week. So I think Colts are live dogs here. It's close, but obviously Andy Reid buy you know the Col- the Chiefs are so good at home. So wouldn't be shocked if they covered this either. But what do you think, Liz? You you think this is too, too, too few points?
0: Yeah, I-, I made it seven. It just seemed like this is a seven point spread. These teams aren't that close. Yeah, the Colts are playing well of late, but. They beat Dallas after Dallas had an overtime game to basically clinch the NFC East and then went on the road and just laid an egg. They beat Houston. They really not beat anybody. They beat the Gabbert Titans. They barely beat the Giants. Life and death with the Giants. Almost cost them a playoff spot. Thankfully, Eli did something stupid at some point in that game. I can't remember what. And then, I just, you know, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Pat Mahomes is a different level. Luck is great. He's a really good quarterback. Looks great. But... I just think the Chiefs are like a whole different juggernaut level. They got that extra week. They're going to game plan really well. They're going to take them apart. I don't think the Colts will keep up. Yeah, they'll run the ball well, but I, I like running and controlling the game. Maybe they can keep Mahomes off the field. Maybe. But, man, I just think in you know, Arrowhead, that's going to be a, a tall order. So it's going to be like 34-23. Colts will score points, but I just think it's a dome team coming west, traveling for the second week. Week off for the Chiefs. Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time right now, I think, and you've got the most, arguably the most dangerous receiver in the game, well, besides Beckham, and definitely the most dangerous tight end of the game, well, besides Kittle, obviously. And you know, you just, it's just a, it's just a terrible, tough place to play. And uh, I think the Chiefs are gonna light it up.
1: Yeah, it's for sure not the easiest setup at all. I think the Colts' defense is pretty good, though. I, I really do. Um, well,
0: they look good against the Texans, who had one wide receiver who was banged up and not very fast. You got DeAndre Hopkins is great at what he does. DeAndre Hopkins is the best version of that Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams co- guy. That like 6'2", 210, route-running you know, maestro with good hands, who gets the feet down on the sidelines, just runs all the routes, tough, catches contested balls, catches balls in traffic. Um, gets open but good in the red zone but you know he's not he's got i think in in the last I, I wrote this in my blog i think in the last four years which is like 650 targets for him he's got 11 40 yard catches tyreek hill has 17 in the last two years and like 250 targets
1: yeah chiefs have. i mean the colts have been pretty good against perimeter receivers and not getting beat deep but um We'll we'll see. It's that. a lot yeah, easier. To to, it's
0: a lot easier to check a banged up DeAndre Hopkins with nobody yeah, else I except know. Kiki QT. Yeah. Uh, versus Tyree Kill and and just that whole offense, and they're going to throw the screens to the backs, and they're going to yeah. mix things up and be very creative. I, this is a whole. This is a whole different. Don't get too excited about beating the Texans.
1: Yeah, and I think their their safety Mike Mitchell is out for this game too. All right, we'll we'll see, man. Um, you. I would again, I would not be shocked if the Chiefs rolled there at home. I mean, they're arguably the toughest, by far, the toughest place to play right now. I would say, Chiefs, uh, Chiefs at home. Rams, whatever. Lately, uh, their playoff, you know, recent history has not been great. But uh, so the Saturday night game, Dallas getting seven in L.A. I laid the wood here, but this one I don't feel strongly about at all. Even though I bet you on the Colts, and that's fine. I think I think Colts could win that one outright. This one, whatever, I, I, I could see it either way. And I, I think you're against me on this one, right? You, you took the points again.
0: Second best bet of the week. I don't feel, I, mean, I could see the Rams. Oh, it's the Rams. Yeah, it's the early season Rams. Talib is back. Gurley's healthy again. They get it all together. They just crush Dallas. But, and Dallas hasn't been that good on the road. But Dallas yeah. is a good team now. They run the ball extremely well. Dak has played great in the second half. I saw a stat, I retweeted it from Gil Brandt. He said that through the first 11 weeks, Goff had the third best passer rating in the NFL. In the last seven weeks or six weeks, whatever, he has like the 24th best. And it's totally reversed. Dak was like 24th through that point. And the last six or seven, he's like third or fourth. So they totally switched. And it's not just Amari Cooper. Gallup gets involved. Beasley gets involved. Zeke is now catching passes out of the backfield. They definitely have at least as good a running game as the Rams. Gurley, we don't know exactly what capacity he's at yet. Uh, on defense, I think Dallas's defense is just flat out better. They just stuffed Chris Carson last week. They're much better against the run than the Rams are. And maybe with Tlaib back, the Rams are good against the pass, but Dallas is also good against the pass. And and who who do the Rams have? I mean, Cooks is an explosive guy, but he hasn't really been making huge plays this year, at least in the last half of the year. Robert Woods is a solid route-running type. He's way down. He's in that same Hopkins Thomas mold but smaller and and not nearly as good as those guys so the Rams just don't scare me as much you know maybe they'll have the two weeks get healthy and just roll but maybe Jason Garrett will lay an egg but I think Dallas can totally match up with this team
1: yeah so Jared Goff at home this year 9.0 YPA 22 touchdowns three interceptions Dak on the road 6.8 YPA just eight touchdowns in eight games Sean McVay versus the Clapper but As you said, season-long versus, you know, things are different now. Um, And and Amari Cooper has changed, uh, Dak. And uh, last time I mentioned your your favorite DVOA, but the Rams actually ranked 28th in run defense there. So maybe Elliott goes nuts here. So, again, this one I did not feel strongly about. The Rams have not impressed at all finishing the season. But, I mean, overall, you look at their samples. This is actually a pretty good test there overall versus, uh, you know, the Indian the, the, the year Because uh, the Rams they're, they're, Would be favored by more than seven I think the line is about right Kind of combining the two You don't You think it should be less
0: No I, I think the Chiefs should be Seven And the Rams should be Five and a half Or four and a half Like I think okay. these two lines okay. Got f- flip-flopped I think Dallas Is a tougher team than the Colts Even though the Colts Destroyed them in India Actually mm. a few weeks ago <laughs> And I think that But I just think Dallas Is a better rounded team Deeper and, and better More balanced the Chiefs and Rams are pretty equal. I think the Chiefs offense is better than the Rams offense. The Rams defense is better obviously than the Chiefs, but I don't think any offense is like the Chiefs right now because it was yeah. the Saints Rams and Chiefs for all these crazy offenses. But I just, yeah, I, I look at the Rams and I'm like, and Gurley better be a hundred percent because there's just not that much talent on that offense.
1: Yeah. Still the coaching though. And if that, if they get behind, uh, I could see the scenario there getting out of hand, but those are, those are all fair points. That's why I, I, the, the Chiefs-Colts, I, I think the Colts are right there. That's why I, just, I, I would say they're one of the two or three best teams. Um, but that's my case for the Colts. It's certainly not against the Chiefs, who are certainly playing far better than this Rams team. I just
0: all don't right, think we know about the Colts. I don't think we know. You know, those two rookies are great. They've played great lately. But, you know, the Chiefs, they played the Rams. They played the Patriots. They played the Steelers. They played the Chargers twice. They played the Ravens. And they've been playing all these really good teams. But the Colts have played nobody. They played the Patriots and lost, but it was early in the year before they got good. You know, their best win was against Dallas at home after Dallas had an overtime game in Clinton Division, basically. And then their other good win was what they had this week in Houston against, like, a totally yeah. toothless Texans offense. It's just, I don't know who the Colts are. Yeah, on paper, it looks good. On the story, it looks good. The coaching looks good. They could be good, but I just don't see the resume. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa
1: Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In earn four times points on takeout food delivery and dining get two times points at gas stations grocery stores and on streaming if you're into cash back or travel rewards u.s bank has credit cards that feature those benefits too check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com credit card the creditor and issuer of these cards is u.s bank national association pursuant to a license from Visa USA inc and the cards are available to united states residents only some restrictions may apply member fdic all right Sunday morning, uh, the Chargers, once again, have to play 10 a.m. for the second straight week. I believe uh, Rivers is 0-7 against Brady and, and, and vice versa. But um, I, I don't want to overrate last week. You know, just what you've just – obviously, recency bias. But, man, uh, Chargers look – Davis. I don't see the, the case for the, the Patriots even being favored in this game, frankly. And it's so, I, I said earlier that I loaded up on the Bears. On the uh, the playoff fantasy drafts I was in, I also loaded up on the, the the Patriots. and went with Brady in the first round in both, I believe, I'm in. And thinking that they'd get the Texans, you know, that that would be a great setup. You know, perfect there. You know, week number three CCC at home. Now this this Chargers team, I think they're going to win outright. What do you think, Liz?
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a 50-50 game. I think this is such an interesting – I think it's going to be a boring game to watch, like super boring. But I think it's really yeah, interesting probably. from a from a handicapping standpoint because – I think the Chargers are the better defense and the better offense. And Ted Bell was arguing with me on uh, the beating the book, you know, in the comments saying, well, the Patriots are better at this, better at that. I'm like, yeah, but look at their offense. I mean, Edelman's the only decent receiver unless Gronk miraculously becomes himself again. I mean, they got just a bunch of scrubs dinking and dunking. The Chargers have superstars on defense, rushing the passer in the secondary. I mean, the Patriots have a good secondary also. But it just seems like the Chargers are just better. And just better on both sides. Their kick returner went to the Pro Bowl, had two big kick returns last week. Just a more well-rounded team, although Cordero Patterson is a badass. I just think that the Chargers are the better team. But you're taking a team that's just had a second straight road game, West Coast to East Coast. So they went from L.A. to Baltimore to L.A. to New England. The game temperature is supposed to be between something like 27 and 32 or 20 and 32. So... It's probably cold. I don't know if there's any other weather elements, wind or precipitation, but it's at least cold. Early body clock game, as you pointed out. Didn't seem to bother him last week, but two in a row, all the travel. And then you got Belichick with two weeks to prepare, watching the tape. It's just the worst setup ever for the Chargers. So you've got, like, the team that has, I think, the talent and skill advantage, but they're going up against a team that, is just so crafty, so nasty at home and bad conditions, lots of travel, early body clock, potentially bad weather, certainly at least cold weather, and they're an LA team. So the setup could not be worse. That's that's the intriguing part about this game. Are we going on talent? Yes, I agree. I think the Chargers should be a pick'em. Maybe even favorite. The other good thing about the Chargers, which I underestimated last week, is that the Chargers are so they have so little home field advantage that when they go on the road, they don't lose much. They're very good on the road right. this year, like 8-1, and, and and somebody pointed out in the comments that the only game they lost was in L.A. to the Rams. So really it was like another – it was the cross-town game. Anytime yeah, yeah, traveled, yeah, they
1: haven't, yeah. They haven't gotten a plane and lost. Yeah, right.
0: Every, anytime they travel, including to London, they have not lost. And they've gone to Pittsburgh and won, down big at the half. They went into KC and made a huge comeback to win that game. They've played good teams. This is not, you know, this is not a soft schedule. This is They had a tough schedule. And they won those games on the road. And, and if you look at a team that has a baseline of like plus five on a neutral field or whatever Massey Peabody has the Chargers, if you're plus five based on your overall performance and you have no home field advantage, that means you're even better on the road than the commensurate team, right? I mean, if, if Seattle's really yep. good at home and they're like close to the Chargers, well, obviously they're equally worse on the road as they're good at home because that's what makes up their aggregate performance. Whereas if the Chargers have no home field advantage then they have no road disadvantage, if that's their overall performance. So the Patriots obviously have a huge home field advantage, but they're not getting double counted. They're not also getting a disadvantage from the visiting team.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you mentioned uh, Ted Bell, and I will say that he uh, he came out with a recent podcast about part one about the Mueller investigation. Um, he's always interesting when he does his investigative things. so check that out if you haven't. I know you've listened before. Liz. I'll check, I'll uh, the check out Chargers- the second
0: one when I have a chance for sure.
1: The charters will probably lose in horrible fashion. That's why I can't say I'm all in on the money line here. But give me the points, though. You know, I mean, all those things you mentioned, I mean, they should be able to, at, at worst, keep this close is what I think. So that, that, I made them my well, best bet of the week.
0: Well, my, my theory is if they played their B game or better, they're going to at least keep it close and maybe win. If they played their C game, they're not going to cover. And I think normally there would be like only a 25% chance they play their C game. But under these circumstances, there's like a forty-nine percent chance to play their Z game. That's why it's, I took the Chargers, but I don't feel strongly about it because this. There's a lot of reasons the Chargers could, you know, between all the venue and weather stuff to just being out coached to a combination of all of it. So the Patriots are going to make it as nasty as possible, but I think the Chargers are the better team.
1: Well, I'm rooting for a nice guy Super Bowl, Andrew Luck and Philip Rivers. So that's what I'm rooting for this weekend.
0: Real man parlays, Chargers, and Colts. It's to be in the parlay- Super Bowl together.
1: Yeah, together? That, that would be a tough one. Yeah.
0: That's a real long shot. There'd have to be a lot yeah. of realignment going on. Between yeah. now. And there the really
1: super Bowl.
0: would. Yeah. Would never say never. You know, I mean, there could be something where the whole <laughs> NFC gets uh, super volcanoed off yeah. the face of the earth and yeah. they've got to do sort of a yeah. makeshift. Yeah. Situation, but it's a lot. <laughs> so,
1: okay, obviously, meant AFC Championship game. Yeah, Sorry, right. my bad. Okay, right, my yeah. bad. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Appreciate it. Okay, no who problem. do you like in this game? Uh,
0: I mean, I, I made this one seven and a half, and it's eight. It was like nine and a half. It's been bet down to eight. You know, Big Dick Nick, man, he just tattooed is just undeterrable. If he could do it to the Bears in Chicago, I don't see why he can't move the ball effectively against the Saints in New Orleans. If the Bears can't stop him, why would the Saints be able to? That receiving core, Jeffrey's a little banged up, it turns out. Hopefully he's okay. But Jeffrey is good. Ertz, Goddard, Aguilar's played well in the playoffs. Golden Tate is now getting involved. Suddenly kind of a deep receiving core. And that's kind of what they did last year. And the defense, the front seven is still good. The back four is not as bad as it was. Saints, does Drew Brees still have it? Can he get to Ted Ginn for a 70-yard touchdown? I'll live with Michael Thomas getting, you know, 11 catches for 110 yards. I don't think that really is going to pull away. It'll help them, but it's not going to make the Saints pull away. 11 catches for 110 yards on 14 targets. You know, that's, that's fine. Kamara, Ingram, they'll probably, you know, do okay. But, again, that Eagles front seven is stout. And Eagles are going to move the ball too. So give me the seven and a half. And give me the eight. I mean, I made a seven and a half.
1: Man, I don't know if it was that new TV I mentioned to you before that you thought that I got just for Mason that's bigger than I'm used to, but Alshon Jeffrey or the white jerseys or what? He just looked like a monster in that game. He just looked uncoverable, almost like a tight end, but had some speed still. He just looked like a beast. I went back and forth in this one. Drew Brees, 9.5 YPA, 21-to-1 TD-9-T ratio in just seven home games. I mean, that is just silly. Philly secondary, you know, obviously – has been banged out throughout the year. What do you, Would you make anything of the narrative, you know, where like Breeze threw a 37 or something yard touchdown to Alvin Kamara when they were up 31 to 7 or something, 38-7? And, uh, you know, the Eagles, do, do you buy into any narrative like that? The Eagles were pissed that they got ran up on last time they faced each other.
0: I, I didn't even remember that, but, uh, you know, maybe a little extra motivation. I think you probably have enough motivation in a playoff game anyway. The Saints should have lost that game against the Steelers. I mean, they got that totally bullshit call. Totally crap P.I. that gave him, on fourth down, they gave them a touchdown when the Steelers should have turned it over on downs. Juju fumbled at the end. They should have lost at home to the Steelers. And their three previous games were on the road, and Breeze had like five and a half yards per attempt in each of those games. So Breeze yeah. played pretty well in the Steelers game, but he didn't like, it wasn't like a ridiculous game. The Saints offense... Hasn't quite been in sync. Now, maybe two weeks is enough. They're at home. They still played fine against the Steelers offensively. But I think the Saints win. I just don't think it's going to be easy.
1: Yeah, I know. Whatever the reason, the lack of sacks, the going downfield, whatever. Big Dick Nick is a thing. And the, the coaching is there. They're aggressive. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking the points there. So I think we're the same on the Sunday games, different on the Saturday. And we got a head-to-head bet, which should be, should be fun watching luck in the home's Go nuts! Uh, load up on DFS in that game. Um, got anything? Uh, what else, list? Got anything else There's, uh, should be should be a fun weekend. Most people consider this the best weekend in the NFL. You know, the second still have four games to watch and a little bit more competitive, hopefully, than last week. So, hopefully, that. You got any any plans?
0: I might be going to a friend's you know, house for brunch on Sunday, and he's like a I don't know if he was ever a professional chef, but he he owned or ran a Michelin starred restaurant at one point. He's always got like cigars really? for me. He's a cool dude. He's this British guy. Always drink quite a bit when we're there with them. He's got a really nice house. It's out in like the, uh, it's like up the coast. It's not on the beach, but it's near the beach up in a uh, kind of a nice suburb of Lisbon. So we're going to go out there. He's going to make some Thai food for us, drink a bunch of wine, and uh, maybe we'll catch the the early game together. So that's the plan for Sunday. Saturday, obviously I'm not going to watch the night game in real time. I love catching it in the morning, 40 minutes, get just play, yep. play, 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 play. Don't sit through the endless reviews and commercials. So um, I really like that the late games that are too late for me. You, you could do that on every game, but the problem is it would be almost impossible not to find out the score. You couldn't like surf the web, check your email, any of that stuff. Check Twitter, of right. course. But when it's overnight and I'm sleeping, then the first thing I do is just watch the rewind when I wake up so there's no risk. And it's just such a better way to consume a game. In fact, don't do it. If you're listening to this, because it ruins the real time, the standalone real time, like it's fine on Sunday ticket and the, you know, when there's like oh, nine games yeah. going on, but like know the exactly standalone game is fucking unwatchable. And I didn't watch in the night games cause I watched them on rewind, you know, on the 40 minutes. So I'm like, even a playoff game, I'm like, dude, I know this is an important call, but just fucking get on with it.
1: Oh, so, so true. Watching, going from Sunday ticket to standalone games and paying full attention because it's playoffs. You know, I'm trying to pay more attention than say right? a Thursday night, whatever game. It's like, man, this can be brutal. Like, what am I? Yeah, it, it is, it's rough with the commercials and all the reviews and everything for sure. I, I have never done it. What you've done the, the strategy and you're right. It's probably, probably best not to because not knowing what I'm missing might drive me, you know, less crazy.
0: I mean, it's, it's really been a revelation since I've been here and I can't watch the late games. So that's, you know, think about this. Three late games a week now with Sunday, Monday, Thursday. And that's not including those Saturday games at the end of the year. And those games take 10 hours collectively per week. They're about three and a half hours each. And I watch those collectively in two hours without all the shit. So what's taking you 10 is taking me two. So assuming yeah. you watch all of them and pretty much everybody in our business does i 'm saving eight hours of my life every week. I still watch you know the, the main slate, which is seven hours, but i 've got those seven hours and I 've got the two hours, so i 've got nine hours of watching a week, whereas like everybody else and what I used to have was the seven plus another ten. so I had seventeen hours a week of just watching football, and people with like shit jobs are like, dude, i 'll take that job, but trust me like it's a lot of You know, sitting on the couch and like watching commercials and it's it's nobody wants to sit there all day. You know, there's a point at which you're like, "All right, enough." So saving those eight hours a week have been like, it's been huge.
1: No, definitely. By the way, you're a friend or whatever. That's that's legit. Have a Michelin star owned restaurant. That's no joke.
0: Yeah, I don't know exactly what the deal is. He's had a bunch of different restaurants and different businesses. He's kind of an interesting dude. And uh, he's a sharp guy. I like the guy. Uh, unfortunately, he lives like half an hour away by train or car or whatever. So I don't see him much, but uh, he's a cool guy to hang out with.
1: You got anything politically for us? Come on, you have to have some take.
0: I can't remember what's going on. I don't even know.
1: Yeah, I didn't really have much um, for you. What, what about uh, Beto O'Rourke? Uh, rumors of him running for presidency. Uh, he, man, everything I read on him seems seems so promising so so of course crush me and tell me he's not not a good candidate
0: i don't know the guys that i respect that i read that that pay more attention to the shit than i do think he's like the manufactured candidate he's like the uh you know from central casting that they're trying to foist on the democratic electorate you know they they don't want bernie they don't want one of these firebrands who's really going to call the system into question or demand some sort of accountability for the uh, elites that basically built the average working person out of most of their you know, future and future generations. They don't want any accountability for them. So they're just going to get some guy who is you know, handsome and has some sort of pretend credentials or some shit and speaks the right <laughs> way and, and try to install him. And when the Bernie, whoever those people are, try to run, they're going to smear and they're already smearing Bernie. I don't think Bernie's going to win anyway because he's too old. So there's going to be the sort of corporate-approved, Wall Street-approved candidates, and I think Beto O'Rourke is one of them, but we'll see. I don't really – I don't personally look at it – I haven't looked at his record or not that knowledgeable about him personally, but that's my – the guys I read who I trust and they make mistakes too, they kind of think he's a manufactured candidate.
1: Okay, that, that, that makes sense, I guess. Um, there'll be more Mueller stuff to talk about, too. Listen to that podcast. Uh, we'll, have, well, that, well, there's that.
0: And, and the too. other thing that's so funny is uh, you just got to follow Nassim Taleb and Glenn Greenwald. I mean, the two best follows on Twitter. It's not even close. I,
1: I, I did because of your tweet. I did. I mean, obviously, you've talked about them, but I made a point of it because I saw you tweet that out. So it's I, just it, not I even did.
0: close. Th- those guys are like really, really smart and in their integrity. There's all these people that are like, Glenn, you're a Russian. Oh, Putin, you're on Putin's payroll. I mean, this is all these idiots. I don't even think those are real accounts. I think those are like establishment fake accounts, half of them, because he is just such a thorn in the side of the of the hypocrites, you know, in the news media, in Congress. He just rips them. MSNBC does the story about how, like crazy Russian super weapons poisoned all of these Cuban, dip- you know all these u s. diplomats in Cuba or something. and, Turns out it was crickets, like literally crickets, and he, and you know and he's just mocking them open like how could you know you guys spread the story? Any comment? just doesn't. You're not going to uh, comment on the fact that this was determined to be crickets. Is this a a thing? And then you know Nasim Taleb is just absolutely owning, you know these people who right. were shilling for Monsanto and on the payroll and it's just and, and and Taleb is like openly said like if somebody is a shill and tries to destroy him, he's going to spend his whole life. Tweeting after that dude and sending his pack of followers after that dude for the rest of his life and smearing him and not smearing him but pointing out like what an intellectual fraud he is and just deterring, sort of like what I did with Orbits, you know, which is much smaller scale, but just sort of deterring bad behavior by saying, Yeah, you can do this, you can try to steal from me, but I promise you, it's going to cost you not only you're going to refund my money, but you're going to lose so much money and reputation from what you're doing that you're going to see that it was a horrible choice. And other people are going to see, oh, I shouldn't make that choice. And what Greenwald does and what Taleb does is they go after people who work at MSNBC and they report total bullshit about the Mueller investigation, total bullshit, breathless, oh, we've got him, this is the smoking gun, and it turns out to be totally fabricated, totally tenuous, totally poorly sourced, not backed up. Greenwald's been going after The Guardian for this totally ridiculous report that uh, Manafort met with Assange and you know, there's no video evidence and there's no login for him at the embassy and all this stuff and nobody corroborated it and it's been like a month or two and, no, and they've never even responded to, well, how do you address these holes in the story? Are you gonna retract the story? Just stonewalling from the newspaper. A newspapers is supposed to be the, uh, the entity that, met, that follows up questions people who are stonewalling and it's in they're stonewalling. And Greenwald is relentless on these people and Taleb is relentless on these people, and they're so smart, both of them, and have so much integrity. I don't even agree with them on some things, obviously, but those two guys, the work that they do is gorgeous, bad behavior, and just points out like the, hypocr- the hypocrisy in a way that really nobody else with a large platform is willing or able to do, so I, I just love those guys, and if you're not following them, um there's just no there's almost no point in being on Twitter. Those are the two best follows on the whole platform, at least that I know of. I'd like to find a third one. I, I like Scott Adams because he makes you think about things differently. But you know, he's much more diplomatic. He's much more he ta- he's actually taking a much riskier attack. He's a Trump supporter. You know, and he's so he's probably cost himself a lot of money and a lot of uh probably been demonized to a large extent. So he's taking a risk also, but He's not as; he's more just like a guy. Like those other two guys are, they're unquestionably brilliant. Those other two guys. So that, that's that kind of what, what that's kind of what makes them so interesting.
1: Well, I I appreciate it. I'm looking for the right news sources to follow I mean, more than ever, right? So that's great to know. And thank, thanks. And I followed them, as I said. So
0: that's, that's I'll great. say one. I'll say one more thing. I think artificial intelligence this is a big thing that seems to recur in my life. Is artificial intelligence? I think has at least. So far, has not delivered on its promise, and I'll give you an example. Like, have you ever used Pandora for music? Uh, yeah. Like after like a few songs that you put in, on like a few bands, it gets shitty pretty quick. You notice that?
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I actually have not used. I, I keep people keep okay. saying I need to do it more. Okay. I need to do it I, more. I've never
0: more, really so. used Spotify, but like, whenever you get AI to select your music for you, or if, like Netflix or Amazon recommends purchases or movies, like it kind of sucks. Right. It doesn't really do a good job. No. I, you can see why it's recommending that stuff for you. I'm sure you're getting a lot of porn recommendations, obviously. But you're like, this isn't what I want. And you're like, I went to a bookstore. I was in Wales over the holidays, and I went to this bookstore in Hay on Wye, which is this big, uh, it's this little town, but it's like very literary, and there's all these festivals there and stuff. And it was just such a well curated bookstore. It was like, there was these books that I knew were good that I'd read, these other books that I'd heard of, like just these sections. You walk through and I, I could have bought like 10 books. Like I really, if I weren't traveling on the plane, there were just so many cool books about different things. And it was like, it was curated by a human being who understood what was good and what goes together and what people would be interested in. And Amazon or whatever, you'd have to know what book you're looking for in advance, I think at least. So I just think AI has largely failed and... When Twitter sends you who to follow or whatever it 's usually shit. I think that the that what we really need is and it 's really important, given how much information's out there, is good human curation like if somebody you know my twitter the, the, I follow one hundred and sixty seven people now, half of them are probably industry people, A quarter of those are on mute because it's just I'm them out of politeness mostly um, but I just, you know, I have some really good people that I follow, and I just, it's just great. It's just a great resource. There's this, like, health dude. He's this jacked, like, 63-year-old dude, PD Mangan. Great for health stuff, you know, and he's nice. If you ask him a question nicely, he'll answer, like, a very specific question for you about, you know, eating or health or anything that, you know, and he'll say, I don't know. He's very kind of humble in a way. There's just, it's just such a good resource. So, if you find the people that you feel, it doesn't mean they're always right. It just means they have integrity. They're earnestly trying to get to the truth about matters. There's no sophistry. There's no, oh, I'm owning you just to own you. If Greenwald or Taleb is owning somebody, it's because that person is a pernicious influence on the discourse, that they're dishonest or there's something unethical about what they're doing or they're misleading the public. You know, there's not owning just to own, the sophistry, the virtue signaling, all the bullshit that passes for being a legitimate source on Twitter you gotta you got to see through that and get the people who are earnestly trying to do their best to pass along the best information possible. And I have a pretty good set of guys I follow that I really respect. And don't look at – I mean, you can look at who I'm following. The guys you've never heard of, the guys who are not sports-related, those are your best bets because the people are sports-related. Some of them I'm following out of politeness. Sorry, I'm getting a little far afield, but I do think that human curation, being able to curate yeah. what's good, what restaurants are good, what movies were good, what TV shows are good. You do some of that. You know, what? what's an interesting read? What's an interesting podcast? You're actually a curator. You do a lot of curation. And I think that's, you know, vastly important because I think that artificial intelligence is just not up to snuff in that department.
1: I totally agree. And I was just complaining about that. The artificial intelligence doesn't seem very good at that yet. And I, the search engines that I deal with, it, filling in with my past history, it forgets or whatever. And I'm like saying, man, it's far off. And I'm probably jinxing us and they're, they're in you know, they're working on things far more sinister and, and far further along. But I totally agree with you. And speaking of which, not to get too uh, off, off center here, but I was listening to a, an interesting podcast on Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's podcast, I think his name is Dr. Ben Goetzel or something about AI. And he's saying our society is the only one that is terrified and, they, and it treats it as like an a impending doom. And all the other cultures like basically treat it as they're with open arms and welcome it is something. But that's sorry, I'm getting off topic. I hear you about the, the, the human creation. And uh, I'll bring it all together here next week or, or soon look out on Twitter. I will, I will release my year-end top TV list, my, my favorite TV shows of the year. So there you go. And I, I watch way too much TV. So I'll, I'll bring brought, brought all together there, Liz. That's, that's all I got for you this show.
0: All right. Let's wrap it up there. All
1: right, man. So, um, yeah, let's do better than, uh, than, than not winning a game this right. weekend. I, well, guess, yeah. I guess we just went to – you know we went to uh, no more super contests. We figured it out well, – well, obviously –
0: there's yeah, no we anymore. Right. Well, the,
1: uh, yeah, as soon as I stop picking, you go winless. Exactly. Right.
0: Yeah. There's no we. You know, it's me versus you. It's it's every Yeah, name you for can't yourself. win one
1: without me. Yeah, you can't win one without me. You're winless when I don't contribute. on the podcast. Right. That's right. That's right.
0: That's how valuable you are. You're. It's absolutely right. Yeah. All right, Ben. Yeah. Uh, I will catch you. Good stuff. I'll catch up to you next week.
1: All right. Later, listen.